Welcome to the 938 podcast. Uh, this month we are focusing on Africa. And so today we are going uh, around the world to the continent of Africa. And we're going to be speaking with and listening to the ministry, about the ministries of Oli Connorup. Oli Connorup is my brother. And so, Oli, we welcome you to this 938 podcast. Thank you. Good to be here with you. Yeah, appreciate you joining us. It's a little bit afternoon here, but it's nighttime there. And yeah. uh, I'm sure you had a good day. But uh, just want to introduce you as my older brother. And you are 10 years older than me. So do you have anything you want to say about that? Um, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you'd say everything that I know you taught me. Oh, well, I have thought about that a few times, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, good. Um, Oli, you've uh, been a missionary in Kenya. Uh, when did you go there as a missionary? To well, we landed in uh, Nairobi, Kenya in December 1980. We wanted to be uh, here for Christmas. Uh, with the rest of the family. And then, of course, in January, a language school was going to start that we had applied to. And, uh, and then, of course, we wanted to see John in his last year playing basketball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure I got that in, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, good. So when you, you first came and you began language, what language did you learn? Uh, Swahili. And uh, did you learn it right away and within six months, or are you still learning it? Uh, well, I guess you could say I know Bible Swahili. I preach in it all the time. But um, yes. uh, if you started talking to me about politics or something like that, I'd, I'd be lost. But we'll never forget when we first went to language school and uh, we had to learn the Swahili word for please which we found that most Kenyans don't ever use, but uh, we, we were learning that one and it was uh, kind of long. And we both went to our house afterwards and we wanted to cry and say, I don't think we'll be able to do this. But the word is actually uh, in Swahili is tafadali. Uh, nowadays, that's not difficult, but back then, yeah. we thought, wow, uh, who knows where we're going from here. Yeah. Well, they say Swahili is one of the easiest, easiest languages to learn, but I think when you're in the process, it's not. Well, for, for us English-speaking only people, um, <laughs> any language is not easy, but it is one of the easiest languages. There's no uh, masculine, feminine. Uh, all the, the vowels are constant. Every uh, syllable ends with the with vowel. The second to the last syllable in almost all words is what's accentuated. And you can just know uh, five rules and you can read the language fluently. You don't know what you're reading, but uh, that was easy for me when I first came because I could take the four spiritual laws uh, track and just read it and lead people to Christ with it. Yeah, that's good. So you and Renee have been there since 1980. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the ministries you've been a part of. 
Well, of course, we came here to start churches. That's uh, our, uh, has been our primary focus and is still is our focus today. And, um, and of course, uh, just starting off, you know, learning the language and just starting with the Bible study and, and turning that into a church and organizing it into a church. Uh, that's about the, the farthest we could see at the time. But as time has gone on and we've been able to uh, train national leadership, uh, we've been able to see others take these uh, churches and, and uh, go with them. And uh, we've just been going alongside of uh, many of the, those that have been called to preach here. And of course, now we're involved in, in the Bible college and uh, preparing future uh, pastors. But our main focus really now, because after 40 some years, we um, uh, are not pastoring uh, because we really don't need to. We're more involved in church development than anything else. But the main work that we're doing now is trying to get the churches in this country to uh, follow the mandate that every church has been given around the world, and that is to send missionaries out and and uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So that's been our main focus. And uh, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. About 10 years ago, we didn't think we'd ever get as far as we are now, but uh, we're thankful that uh, some of these churches are picking up and some of the testimonies are just wonderful. Yeah, that's exciting to hear because I remember when I was there as a missionary, we would teach on missions and try and explain it to them. And, didn't always connect really good, but seems like lately things have really started connecting there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very much yeah. so. And in fact, one pastor uh, has really uh, went, well, is one of the churches that I organized um, and just a small church and they gave less than $2 a, a month in offerings. Uh, of course, they're totally on their own now. And, uh, and the people are giving to Faith Promise, and uh, the pastor, uh, uh, I have him go with me, and, and when I preach on Faith Promise, to give his testimony about his church, and some of these people that I've known for years have finally caught on to it, and they're giving to Faith Promise, and uh, God is blessing them, and he's sharing that even down to, to his clothes. He doesn't buy any more of his clothes. He says he, he's got uh, 12 suits now, what do you need 12 suits? I only got five. You know? And he says, my people just keep buying me clothes down to my socks even and my shoes. He said, I don't have to buy my own clothes anymore. He said, people are just starting to learn the grace of giving. And it's just been a tremendous blessing. So that's exciting. Yeah. That is really great. Now, when you first went, as you said, you, you had your goal of church planning uh, and our other missionaries that have been there, the same thing. And through the efforts of you and our other missionaries, and then the pastors that have been trained, it seems like we have quite a few churches in Kenya now. Well, I I, I believe I um, counted like something about a uh, hundred uh, churches in the country when I first came, um, and now uh, there's over a thousand churches. Of course, that's involved, like you said, all the missionaries. Uh, we do have a directory at this point of 770 independent Baptist churches with the pastor's name and contact and 
and so on. And primarily we're working on that so that the missionaries uh, here in Kenya that are, are called to go to whatever country God's called them, they can contact these pastors and uh, raise their support that way. Wow, that's exciting. Really exciting. Tell me a little bit about the mission efforts now of those churches. Uh, I know there's a concerted effort to get them together to support and send out missionaries. Well, also what uh, was started uh, years ago, uh, believe by uh, Brother Tim Whitfield, uh, he started what is called the Fifth Sunday Fellowship, where on whenever the Fifth Sunday uh, comes that afternoon, the churches in the Nairobi area, which is anywhere from 25 to 30 churches that fellowship together, they bring their choirs and they all sing and and uh, the whole focus is on missions. And uh, that part is, is not about uh, monthly uh, support. That, that has to do with, uh, with projects, whether it's in, in a foreign country or uh, here at home. But it has to do with missions. And of course, with COVID, it's been um, stopped uh, for obvious reasons because we couldn't meet. And uh, the Lord willing, this next month, we'll have our fifth Sunday fellowship. And, uh, and uh, one church has just decided we need to get it started again. And that's great. And uh, so we're looking forward to that and getting that going again. Yeah, that is really neat. And then I think you also have a like a service center uh, for foreign missionaries being sent from Kenya. Yes, we do. We have what's called the Kenya Baptist Missionary Services. And this is run uh, by uh, Jim Everhard, and uh, and it's just a clearinghouse, and we're working on uh, uh, that out for them. And this is a new concept, like uh, we've learned uh, other uh, fields have had, and so it's taking uh, it's a slow go, but uh, we have a few missionaries that uh, have been accepted by this group, and then we help them, we promote them and uh, do what uh, even uh, uh, your mission office does too, as much as we can uh, to get it going here in Kenya also. That's good. Do you have any missionaries yet going out through that? Uh, yes, we do. We have one lady in, uh, in South Sudan. We do have a missionary now that uh, is raising his support to go to Manchester, England. He's got uh, a testimony about that place in the past. And uh, he just really is, and the guy is really sharp. He and his wife, his wife knows six languages fluently. Uh, he, he is a 4.0 student, a graduate of our college, uh, just super family. And uh, there was a time, I don't know, about a year or two ago that he, he told me, he said, Brother Ole, I said, I really think I need to go to America and raise my support there. And I said, well, that wouldn't be wrong. I said, but I don't know how you're going to get there. And then number two, I go, why should you let the churches in America be blessed by sending you and uh, reap the benefits of that when uh, our churches need, need this? I said, maybe you should stop uh, trying to raise support and just promote missions and let God take care of your support. And uh, it's amazing what God is doing. And this guy, I'll tell you, uh, nowadays what I do when I'm asked to preach on faith promise in the church, 
I'll say, well, you know, I love to preach and I want to, but can I have this missionary? His name is George Chege. Uh, can he, can he preach your faith promise missions given for you? I have this belief that uh, Kenyans will listen more to Kenyans than they will to us uh, missionaries from America, because whenever we talk about money, uh, yeah, they think, oh, well, that's easy for you to say, but uh, um, what about us? And so when he gets in there and talks about how God has blessed him and his, and his giving uh, to missions, and it's just uh, such a blessing that I really think that's what's going to work is when we get the missionaries that are uh, getting to the pastors and saying, we've got to get this going. And uh, what a blessing he's been. Yeah, that's great. And I know you're concentrating a lot on the Bible college there, Nairobi Baptist Bible College. And how is that going? And, uh, and are you seeing some good results from that? Yeah, um, we're seeing some really good results there. Um, we praise the Lord. We have approximately 60, I think it is, 60 full-time students now. Um, and uh, we praise the Lord for people that come. What's, what's known in, in Kenya is that uh, people, they believe that if you want to learn the Bible, go to a Baptist college. And we think, well, man, that's, that's, that's a great testimony there. And so uh, we get students to come. We don't have a website. We don't really promote it. But we all, always have plenty of students to teach, and we praise the Lord for that. And many of our churches uh, are pastored by graduates of our, of our school. And just recently, I, I can share this with you. I uh, taught them a personal evangelism course that I'd put together in a church that I pastored years ago uh, that seemed to be quite effective. It was only a six-week course. So I took 25 of our students and uh, uh, taught them for an hour and a half on uh, just real practical uh, how to win people to Christ. And then we would send them out to 10 different uh, pastors uh, that had churches within a four-mile uh, uh, four radius of our college, and then they would go under them and then train from those uh, pastors and, get, and do practical work. Well, uh, someone said, you know, the, the Bible says the angels rejoice whenever but, uh, when anybody gets saved. What about us having a party afterwards uh, for all those people that got saved? And I go, sounds good to me. I'll bring the cake and I'll bring the drinks and you show up. And then we'll just give testimonies of different people that got saved. And oh, for an hour, it was such a blessing. And then when we finished up, we counted 87 people that had received Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Wow. Amen. That is great. It's exciting to see and hear those kind of things that happen on the mission field and uh, just makes it even more excited to know when we get to heaven, we'll get to meet a lot of those people. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to go way back for just a minute. Okay. When you, when you were th maybe in college, maybe as before you and I both grew up in Ethiopia and uh, we had some fun experiences there. Someday we'll have to come on and just tell our stories. Right. But, uh, but for we today, we got plenty of stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got plenty. Um, but for today, how did you 
know God wanted you to be a missionary and Kenya. How did you choose Kenya? I'll try to make it as short as I can, but in Ethiopia, there was a man that worked with my, uh, with our parents, with my father on the mission station named Ababa. And Ababa was, I guess you could say in his forties when, when I was a youth and uh, yet uh, he couldn't speak English and I couldn't uh, speak his language other than ask him, how do you say this in your language? And, uh, but the whole time that he worked for my father for 12 years, he had never accepted Jesus Christ as his savior. Well, when God called me to preach, uh, when I was, uh, after I had finished school over in Ethiopia and uh, finished up in America and was considering what I was gonna do, I, uh, I thought I'd just make all kinds of money and all that stuff. But one day I, I really felt God was calling me to preach. And I knew I, I didn't know how to do that. Just being a missionary kid doesn't mean you know all this stuff. And so I um, said, I need to go to Bible college. Well, the only one I knew was Baptist Bible College. And I knew that if, if I got to Springfield, Missouri, just look for a tower and uh, the college will be on a, on a main road. Well, the first tower I got was wrong. And so the, that wasn't it. So I, I looked a little bit more and found it. And then uh, of course, uh, got into school there. I just knew God called me to preach. I didn't know in which way, in which area. So I um, just took the mission course. Well, one day my mother came home on a medical leave and uh, we were talking and she said, Ababa wants something from America. Well, when I, when I, I was thinking, what in the world could that be? A house, an airplane, a car, boat. I mean, anything you could think of it would be on his mind thinking that America was like heaven and I said well what what does he want and my mother says he wants a letter from you and I thought what he can couldn't even write a, a letter to me I, I can't even write a letter to him he couldn't read it if I could and uh and then I thought you know he's reaching out to saying to me I miss you and obviously we had a love for each other and I thought well maybe I ought to go back to Ethiopia and just lead Ababa to Christ because of that relationship. And I thought, no, God would not call me to go to Ethiopia. Is it just to lead one man to Christ? And I go, wait a minute. And Acts were told about uh, Philip going to a desert area to reach one Ethiopian man to Christ. I guess that's what I will do. That's all I thought I could do. Well, two years later, I found out that he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior. And I was so excited about that. But now, what was I going to do? I guess you can't take the gospel to the wrong address. So we'll just keep going uh, towards the direction of Ethiopia. Well, it wasn't long after that. And communism took over the country. And of course, uh, dad was arrested as a CIA agent. And that was a difficult time uh, when he was trying to leave the country. And... Uh, so I knew, okay, I can't go to Ethiopia. Well, at that time, uh, Renee and I had uh, gotten married. We met each other at Baptist Bible College, and I found out that she wanted to go to Africa as a missionary, and I knew I wanted to go to Africa as a missionary, and I thought, hmm. So I asked her, I said, well, you want to go there, and I want to go there. Why don't we go together? Uh, kind of lame, but anyway, she said yes, and so uh, it, we started uh, planning on getting married. We got married and, and then our plans was to go to Ethiopia. But when that happened, uh, we thought, now what are we going to do? Well, we are reading in the Bible about uh, Abraham sending 
uh, his servant to go find Isaac a bride. And when he got with Laban, uh, asking about Rebecca, he, he said, uh, tell, tell me if she's the one. If she's not the one, then I'll go to the left or right. Well, we were studying about the different types of uh, Abraham being a type of God and Isaac a, a type of Christ and, uh, and then Rebecca, you know, type of the church. And so we thought, well, let's look to the left or to the right. So we got out a map and we looked around the different countries. And of course, Somalia was in a civil war and we're thinking, well, we don't want to be in, uh, there. And then, uh, or, or Sudan, not Somalia, but even some, uh, Somalia was a terrible place, even to this play, uh, to this day. And uh, then uh, uh, Uganda, Idi Amin was running around wild at that time and, and fighting on the border with Tanzania, but right south of Ethiopia was Kenya. We didn't know anything about Kenya, but we thought, well, I think they're still allowing missionaries in that country. Won't we go in that direction? And the rest is history. <laughs> Amen. That's neat. That's neat. You know, I think about uh, young people today or people in college, they hear about being a missionary and church planning. And I hear some say, oh, I just don't know how to do that. Uh, they think, well, I can go feed somebody or I can do some social work, but starting a church, I can't do that. And uh, tell me a little bit about what you think or how you would encourage them as far as, you know, they go to Bible college, get trained, but God helps you and enables you as you lead people to Christ and start a Bible study. Well, and that's really it. Uh, when you lead people to Christ and you disciple them, I mean, the outcome uh, becomes a Bible study. And from there, it becomes a church. Uh, most missionaries, including myself, when they come to the field, uh, as much as we've studied in Bible college, we, we really don't know that much. But we get with other missionaries and we glean from them. And then, of course, I had dad who was was my mentor and is my mentor to this day but uh, and then I started learning things and now I see these new missionaries and they uh, they said you know I really don't know how to start a church and I said well don't tell your supporting churches that and I go but uh, um, yeah we, we've all been in that place but you can learn and you can glean from other missionaries and so on so I get I get asked a lot of things uh, tried trying different ways of starting churches and so on like that, and some more successful than others. And there, if there was one set way of doing it, we'd all be doing it. So, right. but uh, the outcome is is God doing His work, and uh, we're just being a part of it. So it's just a a blessing to be able to to see that. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't I wouldn't rather do anything else than what I'm doing right now. Amen. Amen. Um... We're coming to the near the end of our podcast here. We're, we've been talking a lot about Project 938, which is after Matthew 938. And for years, we've all been praying for more missionaries, but we've really tried to put a concerted effort because we're seeing the darkness so great out there that we need to pierce with the light of God's word. And, and that gets spread by more missionaries. Do we need more missionaries in Africa? How do you, how do you see things? Well, first of all, um, in the last uh, uh, month, we've had two missionaries that have passed away with cancer. Bill Coley, who had been uh, in Kenya for 27 years, and uh, Nancy Novak, 
who had been in Kenya for 40 years. Um, cer certainly we need someone to replace them and our missionary force is getting less and less. And I, I really don't know why. Um, I know that uh, Jesus said in, 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 in the word of God, he said that the field is the world. I know some people say, well, why don't you go to the unreached groups? Why would George Chege go to Manchester, England of all places? Well, that's up to God. I mean, you can't take the gospel to the wrong address. And if the field is the world, we need missionaries everywhere. And, uh, and Jesus made it very clear that the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth more labors into his harvest. And that's what we need to do. Yeah. I think there's a, a lot of places around the world that uh, uh, we still don't have missionaries in. We've had missionaries in 120 countries that when we had the missionaries in the most countries, uh, but we still have m many countries where we've never had missionaries, and that would be the same for Africa. There are countries in Africa that still have not had a BBFI missionary to bring the gospel. Now, that doesn't mean other groups haven't been there or are not there, but it does show us that there's still a great need. There's a great need. Oli, mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time. And I know it's getting a little bit later there, but I appreciate being able to see you and talk with you and uh, it, just pray for you. And we're thankful for what you and Renee are doing there in Kenya. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we're just, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be uh, uh, share a little bit about ourselves and our, our ministry. And uh, where we just, like you said, we do need more missionaries and, and even countries are all around us. And we're not gonna wait for uh, uh, missionaries from America to come. We're gonna get these uh, Kenyan uh, uh, missionaries to go to these other countries, uh, even around uh, Kenya itself, uh, whatever it takes to get the gospel out. Amen, amen. Well, thank you very much. And I wanna thank all of you for joining us for this podcast. Uh, this month, we are focusing on Africa. And so we would ask that you would take some time to pray for more missionaries to Africa. Maybe that's praying at 938 in the morning. Maybe that's praying at 938 at night or maybe at both times. Set your alarm. Take this challenge, the 938 challenge, and pray for more laborers in Africa. People there are desperately in need of the gospel. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's the one they need to hear about. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on our next podcast.